everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where if it was up to Delta, I'd still be sitting in the Ben-Gurion lobby. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. It's Miriam L. Wallach, host of That's Life and head of social responsibility at Cross River. You can find me here every Thursday, right after Allison and right before Yessie's live lunch. By the way, before we get into my Delta rant, um, and before we make mention of the fact that, I don't know, a gazillion flights were canceled yesterday because of a glitch with the FAA, where... there's some kind of, I don't know, computer glitch. I can't figure out what's going on. It's really actually not my problem, frankly. I I don't have to control the FAA, but we're not going to talk about this yet. We're not going to, we're not going to rant about this yet. I want to give a shout out to everyone behind the scenes and on stage at the Haas concert Saturday night, NJ Pack. Sunday night. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was Sunday night. Um, NJ Pack was unbelievable. First of all, it's a fabulous venue. It really is. It's uh, of all the venues that I've (laughs) stood behind and stood in the wings and been backstage for. This one was really quite exceptional. The team at NJ Pack was great. The pre-event dinner at the Robert Treat Hotel was fabulous. Shout out to Miles Berger and his entire team. But to Rev Judah, to Schleimer Steinmetz, to everyone at Camp Hask and the Hask concert production, Kola Kavod, it really was exceptional. And, of course, I mean, I was only there for one reason. I was there with Nahum, who hosted a fabulous, fabulous show. Could I say it was one of his best discuss i think that we talk about it on the air i'm like i'm imagining what my conversation with nachum would be like well what do you mean by best what do you this by this and then like what do you mean i from this angle from the from the visitor from the uh the viewer's angle from the backstage angle from the control trust me this is like a jackie mason routine that jackie mason never could have imagined because he's never had this conversation with nachum siegel but nachum siegel discussing his own performance at an event is literally i don't know a good 30 to 40 minute conversation on JM and the AM, which many people, we've discussed this before, he and I, many people would appreciate it as being good radio and, and very interesting. And other people would be like, I don't get the difference. I just see him up there. He does a great job. Like, you know, he's always throwing strikes. What do you mean he didn't throw a strike? What do you mean it wasn't a fast? Trust me when I tell you, if you want to talk about a perfectionist, or you want to talk about somebody, continuing the metaphor, at the top of his game, it's Nahum Siegel. So when somebody backstage says to Nahum, listen, you got to go on stage now. You got to go on stage now. And I look at him, I go, are you trying to tell Nahum Siegel how to MC a concert? He's been doing this since before you were alive. Well, everybody calm down. There's a reason that Nahum is the voice and the face of the Hass concert and of so many other productions is because they trust Nahum. He knows what he's doing. So call a vote to him. He did a fabulous job. The concert was great. The event was great. The feelings were great. And uh, Camp Hass should, should continue to go from strength to strength. Let's do the national holidays. Today's national holiday is National Hot Tea Day. That's as exciting as it gets. By the way, there was a whole thing on, uh, I think it was 20 minutes, 60 minutes, right? Uh, CBS uh, this morning, whatever, Sunday morning, whatever it was. Anyway, it was behind the scenes on national holidays. A horror. For somebody like me who's like, oh, this is so nice and sweet. It's some guy in his basement who's been deciding which national holidays go when. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not too much, honestly. It was... I can post the clip, but I have to get through the whole thing first because it's so heartbreaking to think that this isn't, you know, this isn't pure. This isn't like whatever. I don't know. I, I announce this every week. I've been doing it for years. But anyway, today is National Hot Tea Day. Tomorrow, you're not going to believe this. 
Tomorrow is public radio, broad, broad, public radio Broadcasting Day. Public Radio Broadcasting Day is tomorrow. So that's something to note. It's also Make Your Dream Come True Day, which I could say is something we live every day at the Nahum Signal Network. And frankly, it's also Rubber Ducky Day, where if you're a fan of Burton Ernie, you know what that's about. Um, I also, by the way, in looking ahead for next week, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to talk about next week yet because, because it's next week. But I'm going to do the... I'm going to do the fortune cookie. Hopefully by next week, I remember to bring in the 40 fortune cookies I have in my car. Hopefully. But meanwhile, we got this one. This one is very noisy. All right, here we go. Fortune cookie of the day is, if you are still hungry, have another fortune cookie. I mean, I'm sorry, what? If you are still hungry, have another fortune cookie. I don't know what to say, folks. This is like, I mean... Rule number one in radio is that there should be no dead air. I have nothing to say. I am, I am, I have no words. There are no words for this. This is my fortune cookie. I don't even, I like this, the guy in the basement making the national holidays. I, how am I supposed to go on? I don't know what to say. If you are still hungry, have another fortune cookie. That's it. And maybe I should kill this whole bit. <laughs> maybe I, I don't even know. All right. Well, whoever wrote this one, I, 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 I don't, I, I try harder or try. Don't even try hard. Just try. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And I am joined this morning by a good friend and a familiar voice to our entire listenership. President and Rosh Hashiva of Or Torah Stone, Rabbi Kenneth Brander, joins us this morning, introducing, discussing, Bringing to our our listener, our listening audience, the new segment, or I should say, the new video series called "If These Stones Could Speak." It is a powerful new video series in which we follow Rabbi Brander as he explores off the beaten track sites around Israel. In each week's short video, Rabbi Brander brings lifelong, forgotten stories and uncovers hidden messages from the past that help us build a better more just, and more unified future. Rabbi Brander, good morning, and thanks for making the time to join us today. Thank you. It's a privilege always, Miriam, to talk to you. I apologize. I'm in a car by the old city, so if you hear some honking, it's just uh, wonderful Israeli traffic. Nah, it's authentic. It's good. It's good. It shows us that you're on location. Totally authentic. Exactly. You're on right, location. Well, not for that, but for uh, a location to give a shear. That's also that's also important because, frankly, these videos are shearing right. in their own right. Right? There's there's something about yeah. bringing yeah. history to all of our list to to all of your viewers that reminds us about a, that the connection with our past is something that we should not only value but we should substantiate. You know, I think it's important that sometimes we look at Israel as just uh, a place for tourists. But the truth is that Israel, every single step in Israel has messages from thousands of years of our history that we should really get reacquainted with. Um, some of it is only a few hundred years, and some of it's thousands of years. And my goal is, and it's been an amazing learning opportunity for me also, my goal is to share with those who want to listen to these very short videos, they're two minutes, about different things all over Israel so that we can recognize messages of the past that really can affect the present and the future and can give us really spiritual uh, reflection and introspection on how we 
organize our lives as individuals and as a community. And that's my hope, that that's what we'll, we'll achieve together. And hopefully people will start writing in with their ideas, but uh, just to see the various aspects that are found within both ancient synagogues or ancient locations within Eretz Israel is just amazing. And again, it's short opportunities for us to reflect on the past and allow it to help us focus on the future. Tell me what inspired this video series, where to come from. Well, this form of archaeology, what I would call halachic-based archaeology, has always been something that I've been interested in. And throughout my married life, my wife, Ruchi, has given me the opportunity to take off time and and to learn on these issues, whether it is the spending a summer in the old city and going through the Rambam, Maimonides, and the laws of Beit HaBechira, uh, the building or the development of the Beit HaMikdash, or seeing statements in the Gemara that are very much reflective of paradigms of spirituality that are seen within the archaeology. So, for example, one of my series, that one of the short videos will be on the House of Katros, which the Gemara and Pesachim speaks about. And we'll talk about was the Katros family a family of of high priests? You know, what, were they considered righteous high priests or not? And what can we see from the archaeology as well as the statements from the Gemara and the statements of Josephus? And the challenge is to be able to do that in two-minute segments so people can digest it and also learn something. Or the fact that in Sipori, the place where the base, a place where the Mishnah was comprised, there is a shul that does not face towards Yerushalayim on purpose. Why is that? And should that have been done? Or the fact that when walls were expanded in Jerusalem after the refugees from the Kingdom of Israel, there were homes that were totally destroyed um, and putting the poorest of the communities out on the street. Was that a moral thing to do or not? And how does that affect decisions made by the IDF in a current in the current uh, in the current framework. So the questions are that you can see in archaeology issues that Chazal, for example, that previous case discusses in the Tractate of Sanhedrin and others, and it's also something that you know the 500 students that I have in the IDF as we speak uh, are struggle with. So if you can combine all of those ideas together, you realize that there's a certain fluidity and a certain interaction between the past, present, and the future. And you realize that we're, we're living in miraculous times, but we're really standing on the experiences of the past. And some of them weren't so different, even though we live in a, in a modern age. Some of the struggles of having a modern government uh, you know, in society run by Jews is not any different. And we can learn from the archaeology um, and cause it to uh, reflect upon our uh, interactions and engagements. All in two minutes or less. <laughs> right. That 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 is first of all. As... I never realized how much work it was to video <laughs> to you know the guy who's doing this, uh, Josh, who who does the video recordings. Like he's amazing. I never realized how much work it was to do this properly. Um, yep. And. Uh, 
that in itself has been an amazing learning experience to see all the people who are working on this and how professional they are and how good a job they do. And, uh, you know, my drusher slot now is two minutes. So these, <laughs> these drusher slots are two minutes. Right. That That's a whole what I'm doing now, which is much larger. That's yeah. a whole different skill set, right? To be able to impart an entire yeah, yeah. message in two minutes or less, keep an audience captivated, right. make them want to watch to the end. And listen, I, I, I'm right. not there. It's not an anomaly at this point to get a video, right? There's so much content that's delivered by video and it's not anomalous right. either to check how long the video is before you hit play. So to know that these videos right. are two minutes means that it's digestible content. You're actually meeting people where they are you have a point you have a vision you have a purpose for these videos but you want to make sure that people hit play so that it's not just about the content it's way deliver the content is delivered which is obviously something we very much appreciate here and so i i get trust me anybody who works here gets the challenge of being able to do what you're looking to do in two minutes right and and Miriam, you also inspired me to do this because we talked about should I continue to do this or that, and you said, you know, you, there are a whole bunch of questions you need to ask yourself. I took your advice seriously, and this is somewhat what came out of it. Share an idea that is unique, that is Torah-based, um, that allows you to share archaeology, halacha, Jewish philosophy, merge it all together, and put it in a wrap it in a in a fashion that people will be inspired in two minutes or less. Well, I I, I can't take any credit for this. I appreciate the nod. In hockey, we would call it an assist. I'm not even sure I get the assist for this, but it is certainly a goal because I you've scored here. the The first video, the trailer that came out, very much was first of all was very exciting. I was I was so excited to see the the fruition of your work. And again, you want to talk about the quality of the production? It's certainly there. And then the video that was dropped just a couple of days ago was really fascinating. I mean, the 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 right. the, the entire story about this oven existing behind a shul in the, the entire concept is so foreign. When you bring up this, the, just making this point about what it means to share and commingle, I was such a great word, commingle your right. food with someone else's in a space just so that everyone can have warm food Shabbos morning was such a wow. First of all, to meet the needs of the community, this is unbelievable. And second of all, I mean, putting aside everyone, as you mentioned in the video, everyone's kashros, everyone, what they do in their home, et cetera, et cetera, just for the same purpose and common good of having a warm Shabbos meal, just the the fact that they, they reached their goal because they kept their goal in sight, to me, was, was, was fascinating. Right. And there's another piece that I didn't put into the video because I, again, because I'm trying to honor that two-minute piece. <laughs> the reason why this communal oven was put right behind the shul which, again, anyone who watches these videos, whether they live in Israel or they come to visit in Israel, can then go to these sites and see them on their own, you know, and, and they can see it. But the reason why it was by the shul was because in case the Arif went down, which happened on some occasions, they could oh. eat together in the shul because the communal oven was set up in a way that you could take the food out of the oven and there was like this mini A-Rove around the synagogue. 
also it would allow people to eat together. So one of the times that I was doing the filming in this area, someone stopped me and they were like shocked that I had known this because this was done in the 1920s and I certainly don't come from that time period. So the guy said to me, it was an elderly man who said his responsibility was to help, you know, uh, bring the wood for the fire on Erev Shabbos. And, I, and he told me that there were a few times where the era of, of Shari Chesed came down, because it wasn't like it is now, that there was a communal era of Iran Yerushalayim or multiple communal communal era of Iran Yerushalayim, and they would all eat together. So that means Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach's family, that's how, would eat next to the uh, community peddler. Mm. Um, and there's just amazing messages and uh, please, God, next week will be another amazing message from that show, and then we'll move on to other places. Unbelievable. It's, it's, just, uh, it's an unbelievable opportunity for me, and I hope for the people who are watching the videos to learn more about Israel and to realize its relevance to our lives. If These Stones Could Speak is the name of the video series released and being released by Orator Stone, featuring our guest today, the president of Rosh Hashiva of Orator Stone, Rabbi Kenny Brander, here on That's Life. Rabbi Brander, I, I had have to imagine, I mean, listen, there, you're not, are you considered an Olech Hadash anymore? I mean, do you still have the stat? I guess it depends on who you talk to. The people have been there since Hakamata Medina will always consider you an Ola Hadash. But but for the the multitudes of people who have made Aliyah since you've been there, you're you know you're you're one of the people who have greeted them. But this has to renew that excitement as as an Ola every single time you discover something new in these stones. A hundred percent. I mean, I think I'm still we are still considered Ola Hadash for certain things. Um, but uh, not for other things. And I actually, most days speak more Hebrew than English mm. at Ortora Stone because of the teaching or the engagement with members of the community. But the idea that you live in Yerushalayim, literally, you know, 30-minute walk from the Kotel, um, it's just amazing. But mm. the idea that you can now walk by places and just reimagine and rediscover the past that has so much to do with the present and the future is something that makes Israel unique. And I wanted to share it uh, with those who want to watch these short videos. And I wanted to find a way that I can still grow in my love mm. uh, and commitment to Israel. And this allows me to achieve both. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, there are so many times, and I don't have to tell you this, we're both, we're, you know, you are a continued educator, but also that student in you is still very vibrant. And I find myself also constantly looking for things to expand my knowledge. And obviously now at this point, I'm in a totally different line of work. And so there's plenty of, for me to learn. That is for sure. But as, as, as educators, we can always be better educators. We can always be better teachers, but that has to come from somewhere that has to come from a constant quest to learn more on our own. And I, I'm, I, I hear the excitement in your voice and I think it's fantastic because, and obviously supported by your wife who gets you right. And allows you to, to explore and to, to foster your love of archaeology, but now you're imparting it in a different way, reminding us that our history is not only something to connect to, but something that wasn't so long ago. A hundred percent. And I also think to be a good teacher and a good Rebbe um, and a good Mechanech, you always have to be a student. You have to do both 
you have to do a little modulame together because the minute you stop having a thirst from learning, no matter what you're teaching, whether it's in Avelos or whether it's in the Sechet Baba Basra or whether it's Hocha Shabbos or whether it's, you know, the archaeological development of the southern wall of Israel and the Halakhot of Tulman Tahara that are found in, in the archaeology, I think that you uh, can't be as passionate. I think that teachers, Lechanchem, have to be always be on a journey of of growth, of learning growth. And it allows me personally, in a very selfish way, to make sure I'm, as the president of Orchard of Stone, I can be involved with administration, you know, 24-6. But if you want to be also a Torah teacher and you have that blessed opportunity, you have to grow in your learning. Because if you don't grow in your learning and you stagnate, you know, slowly you'll stop being able to communicate messages. Right. Did it, did it, did it also occur to you by the way that, and I is something that just occurred to me when I was watching the video and the, the whole purpose behind the video, there, there seems to be also a secondary or even a tertiary, um, I don't want to say goal, but benefit of these videos, which is that it continues to connect us to the land at a time where so many on this planet question whether or not we have a valid connection to this land. And so, so subtly, surreptitiously, these videos are just reminding, just putting them out there, reminds people that, yeah, we've been here for a very long time. When we claim the land as ours, there's proof behind it. I think you're 100% correct, but I think there's actually two messages. One of the messages, one of the messages is exactly what you just said. Um, And one of the messages, I'm sorry, I think there are two messages. One message is the message of what we, we share with others. The idea and recognizing the fact that this is our land, we've been here for thousands of years, and the archaeology doesn't lie and proves it and shares with it and shows it. But I think there's another message also. And the other message is that we live at a time where the Jewish people are becoming more and more fractured and more and more fragmented. And I think when you study the archaeology, as you will see that some of the challenges that we're dealing with now whether from the right, from the left, from the center, whether people who love this new government or people who can't stand it, the fragmentation and the fracturing is happening amongst our people. This is not the first time it's happened. And you will see from some of the videos that we will share that Claudia Yisrael had the same challenges. And sometimes we succeeded in dealing with them. And sometimes tragically we didn't. And what does that say about the posturing that we should be engaged in now or not engaged in now. A lot to think about. A lot to think about. Um, These videos are accessible on the Oratorer Stone uh, YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash at Torah Stone. Also, um, you can go to OTS.org dot il slash stones and sign up there as well 
and ots.org.il slash if dash these dash stones dash could dash speak. That one's a little bit of a mouthful, but the easier one is ots.org.il slash stones. Uh, Rabbi Brandra, I'm, I'm very excited about this entire series. I, I give you and your entire team a tremendous amount of credit. I think it's wonderful and it has great purpose and it certainly has great pu- purpose also for the future and for classrooms here in the diaspora. I mean, these are two minute segments that every classroom can integrate and will capture everyone's interest. I, I just think that there are so many purposes and so many benefits to this to this series that I'm that I'm thrilled that you did it. And I, I I would love to be able at another time to continue our conversation and hear how this is part of the future of Oratora Stone because I imagine that not only is the future bright, but this fits right in. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. And then I can just add well if you go to the Oratora Stone website, OTS.org.il it will take you how you can sign up for this. Even better. So you don't have to, if the stones could speak, yeah, I think that's probably a faster way. <laughs> but thank you very much for this opportunity. And I'm, you know, I'm getting stopped on the street from people I don't know who tell me, you know, I've watched this video. It's amazing. It's great. Um, you know, I don't know numbers, but what I do know is that it's, there's so many people coming over to me and saying that it's giving them a second look. And I think mm. over the next few months, We'll see more and more opportunities for this reflection and introspection. Amazing. Amazing. Can't wait to see more. Can't wait for the next video and can't wait to speak to you again. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Rabbi Brander. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network and a full day of programming continues. Right after the conclusion of this program, of course, it's Yussie's Weig's live lunch. And then we have Throwback Thursday. We have the Erev Shabbos show. I think this is a big Erev Shabbos show, if I'm not mistaken. Call a kavod to Mark Zamek. Call a kavod to our friends at Kedem tomorrow morning. Join Nachum as he hosts JM in the AM. And uh, join Nachum as he hosts JM in the AM um, Friday morning. We're still up to Friday, Miriam. Let's say Shabbos. We have Avrami and Saturday Night Seagull at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Sunday morning, Matis, as he seamlessly continues. J.M. Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. One of the stars, Mots, uh, I keep saying Matzai Shabbos, what is wrong with me? One of the stars Sunday night at the Haas concert was Akiva. Here is Akiva with Bisha'a Achat, a single Bisha'a Achat. Here is Akiva. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
Thank you. 